We learned last Sunday in Matthew chapter 1 that we are the 42nd generation, that we are the, the generation that the Lord has brought into a relationship with God, sons of God, children of God. As many as received him, the Bible said, became powerful and authoritative to be, be children of God. And all of us are children of the Most High God. We, Jesus said, when you pray, say, Our Father. Our Father. Can you believe that our God is a parent? He's a Father. And you know what? He loves to give good gifts to His children. Boy, Christmas just fits real well with our attitude toward God as a Father, doesn't it? and giving good gifts. And he says, if you being earthly, if you can gather around and wrap presents and eat turkey and dressing and all of that, if you know how to give good gifts in an earthly way, he says, how much more will your heavenly Father give the things of the Spirit of God to them that love him? So we're gathered this morning to celebrate a family Christmas with our God, our heavenly Father. Isn't that wonderful? Our heavenly Father. We did Matthew 1 last uh, uh, Sunday, if you'll put Matthew 2 up there for me, please. I'd appreciate it so much. Matthew 2. It tells the story about three people, some wise people. Well, we say three. I don't really know how many there were. The only reason we say three is because they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So we just assume that there's three of them that had three gifts. I really don't know when or how many there were, and I really don't know when they came. Now, the postcard, the, the picture on your Christmas card has got them at the manger. But I don't think Scripture would bear out that they were probably there the night the shepherds came. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good photographer's concept, but it could have been months, maybe a year or so. I, I really don't know. But we do know that they brought gifts out of their treasure. Amen. We do that every time we come to church, don't we? Every time we come to meet the Savior and worship the Savior, we bring gifts out of our treasure of ourselves. They, they brought gold, which is the symbol of authority, which is king, kingly. Jesus is our king of kings. Frankincense is the, the, the worship and the obedience and the servant image of, of frankincense. Jesus is our wonderful Lord of our lives, and we are his servants, amen. And we call him Master and Lord. In fact, when he was doing the very humble act of washing feet, he said, if I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I don't know if he was really instituting an ordinance there, but what he was suggesting was that we all need to be servants of one another that we need to serve one another and we should give good gifts to one another. Amen. Myrrh is the odiferous fragrance that of the ascending up to God of our, our worship and praise. Isn't it wonderful that God allows us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and that we offer up a tribute of praise that he said becomes a fragrant Odor in my nostrils, God said. When we offer up the incense of praise, it has the, the hint of myrrh about it. Those three 
uh, gifts causes us to assume three wise men. But, but I really don't know. The Bible doesn't say how many there were. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east unto Jerusalem. Wise men from the east unto Jerusalem. We know about scripture that tells us people left Jerusalem and went to the east because in Jeremiah chapter 25, he talks about how that there was a terrible time of disobedience and, and lawlessness and all kind of uh, misfunction and all of the worship of the, of the temple. And God was very displeased with it. That there was all kind of pagan rituals and all kind of things that had crept into. And God, the Bible said, was very angry with the people of God. And the Bible says that God used Nebuchadnezzar. In fact, in, I believe it's the 14th verse of 25th of Jeremiah, he says, my servant Nebuchadnezzar. You mean God can use people that aren't converted to accomplish a plan that he has for everything? You know, sometimes when we sit and think we've got it all figured out, that's when God just confounds the wisdom of most people because he says, my ways are not your ways. And he doesn't, he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And God can use a, a king like Nebuchadnezzar to bring a lesson to be learned to his people. In fact, Jeremiah stood and preached and he said, there's going to come a time of 70 years when we're going to be carried away into bondage. We're going to be carried to the east. And he said, there's going to be some times of real suffering and hardship. And he took three young men that you know as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these were choice young men. They were Israel's finest. They were young men that had been trained in all the law of Moses. Young men that had, had been exposed to all of the wisdom of all the scribes and all of the, the former writings and the parchments and the teaching of, of uh, great prophets. And they were very wise. So when they went over into what is now Iraq and Iran in bondage, then God was up to something. Because these wise men, how did they know about a star? How did they know that one day they should look toward the eastern sky? Because, you know, it was Daniel's prophecy in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, when he gives the prophecy of the, 20, of the 70 weeks. So they had a timetable to go by because Daniel had said that the 70 weeks is divided into three phases. Number one is seven years. And he said it will be the time that the command goes forth to rebuild the wall at Jerusalem until the time of its completion. And we know that the edict of Cyrus was in 445 B.C. And that's when the edict was given to go back and rebuild the walls. And then you have the ministry of Nehemiah and Ezra and Obadiah and those prophets that met and restored and rebuilt the temple. So it, if they were carried away into Babylon modern-day Iraq, then they would have taken with them seeds of gospel and seeds of a Savior one day would be born. 
So evidently there was some conversion experiences because these wise men knew about the intelligence of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel. You can read it in Daniel chapter 1 verse 1. You can read all about that story about how he was carried away and how, how that he, he sojourned there in, during the time we call the exile. So these wise men were exposed to prophecy and they started looking for a star. In fact, in Numbers, the Bible said, there shall a star and a scepter of righteousness shall arise from among my people. Boy, Old Testament prophecy is just full of references to the Lord Jesus. They're called theophanies. Theophanies. They're Old Testament images of and metaphors of what Jesus is in the New Testament. So these wise men that are coming from the east, and when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, the days of Herod, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east. That's why they came, because they were looking for the star. Next verse, please saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Boy, what a long way to come to worship someone very special. Next verse, please. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem was with him. Wow, what's he troubled about, Pastor? Next verse. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Next verse. You just keep going. I'll keep reading. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus is written by the prophet. In other words, they understood the prophecy to mean to look for a sign and look for something that God had in his plan and his purpose for his people. Amen. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Wow. For every child of Abraham, that was a promise. Anybody ever been given a promise of God? Anybody know anything about the promise of God? The promises of God? Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. Timing is everything with God. Next verse. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you've found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him. Now, everything God intends, everything God initiates, there will always be an attack of the enemy. Always be an attack. If you think you're just going to conquer and be victorious and just going to do great things, you need to understand there is an adversary and there's a battle to be fought. Amen. And there is a conflict to be involved in. Amen. Everything God do. Why would the, the, the devil fight so hard against the birth of Jesus that one of the monarchs would try to kill the Lord Jesus? Satan would love to kill everything God intends through his son Jesus. Satan would love to destroy everything that has happened as a result of Jesus coming to the world. Satan is the true Grinch 
for he would love to steal Christmas. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before him till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. For many years we did Christmas musicals here, and there was a song by that title. When they saw the king, they rejoiced. When they saw the star, they rejoiced, and they worshiped. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented them unto, unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. God takes care of people who worship him and seek his presence and seek his will. Even if it's by a dream or if it's by a vision or it's by a prophetic utterance, God will always take care of his people. His hand has always been upon those that do the things of God, that carry the good tidings. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel and bring good news. Amen. And when they departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph. Now we've got to take care of God's gift to the world because God's gift to the world is in danger because a horrible monarch would love to snuff the life out of God's Savior for the world. The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother. He didn't say take your family. He didn't say take your son. He said, take the young child and its mother. Because the angel knew that Joseph was not the father of the Lord Jesus. So here you have overtones of the virgin birth because she never knew a man and she was conceived by the Holy Ghost. Therefore, Joseph was not the, the father of the Lord Jesus. He is the man God chose to raise his son. That's good, yeah. Oh, wouldn't it be great to be the man God chose to raise his child? I preach sometimes, Steve, about the forgotten man of Christmas. His name is Joseph. Let me read the rest. He says to Joseph in a dream, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be thou there until I bring thee word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. In other words, God sent the family of the Lord Jesus into Egypt. Egypt for us is the city of sin. Egypt for us is all about bondage. Egypt for all of us is about fear and it's about frustration and anxiety. Sometimes the Lord sends you into a very dysfunctional place 
but he'll always keep his eye upon you. And he said, and when time comes for me to bring you back out, stay there until I, glory to God, until I bring you out. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled. Don't you love the word of God is to be trusted because it will be fulfilled. Until it be fulfilled. The death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying out of Egypt I have called my son. Out of Egypt I have called my son. For every one of us when we weren't God's children, while we were in the bondage and the fright and the fear and the frustration of an Egypt, the Lord called us, called us out of the darkness, out of the bondage, out of the fear, out of the frustration, out of the anxiety to peace and the Lord Jesus. What was the message to the shepherds? As they were watching their flocks by night, the Bible said, And lo, the angel of the Lord, which said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. God's message is peace on earth and goodwill to men. Peace on earth and goodwill to men. You have communion cups there with you, I'm sure. Would you stand, please, in reverence to the Holy Spirit? And the Lord Jesus, the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke the bread and he blessed it. And he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Take and eat. In like manner also, he took the cup and he said, This is the blood of the New Testament. This is my blood which was shed for you. Take and drink ye all of it. How we praise you, God, for the gift of your Son, Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that he came into the world to be a light. You have your candles? 
God so loved the world that he sent a light. The light that he sent, the Bible said, became the light of the world. And the Bible said that light would light every man that comes into the world. Share hers. A lot of other ones around you, if you would, please. Jesus said, I am come that you may have light. Light and life. Light and life. Would you turn the lights down lower, please? Did you notice that the lower, the greater the darkness, the brighter the light? Now I want you just to lift that light up to the Lord like this. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin, mother and child, holy Infant so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. Would you offer a praise to the Lord and lift your light? up to the Lord and say, as long as I live, Lord Jesus, I want that light to burn in my life. I want that light to be a light to some lost soul that through my living, someone will be led to know you and to serve you. Thank you, Lord, for all of these lights that are lit all over this building. And may, oh Lord, light go forth from this building, bearing witness that Jesus is the savior of the world. We thank you for that light, Lord Jesus, and we thank you for all that you do in our life. And we ask safety for all of our friends and our family this Christmas. Let no one, O oh Lord, suffer harm or loss. 
In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can blow out your light and bring up the house lights. There you go. I pray that all of you have the best Christmas that you've ever had. And I pray that you have all the wishes that come true and your dreams come true. And that all your family is gathered around. And remember to pray a prayer of thanksgiving for Christmas before you eat the turkey. God bless you and Merry Christmas to all of you. You're dismissed.